Hello, I'm Ian. Welcome to Creator Coco. This podcast helps you become a better creator by helping you learn from what other creators have already figured out. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can send us a tweet at Creator Coco. That's Creator and then C O C O A. In this episode, I talked to Lewis Muema and Kevin about the process of making an album. From finding inspiration to producing the album to thinking about album art when releasing your project. I hope you learned something that helps you become a better creator. This episode was brought to you by the Bit Bitcoin Wallet. Bit is a simple and secure Bitcoin wallet that allows you to easily send and receive Bitcoin from your friends, loved ones, and to businesses who support Bitcoin. You can download Bit by going to bitsocial.org. That's B-Y-T-S-O-C-I-A-L dot O-R-G. Today, I wanted to talk about the process of making an album. Uh, it's something that I've also gone through. When I initially started making music, uh, you usually start by making singles. So maybe you're combining uh, some beats that you found online with your voice. And sometimes you're not really thinking about a bigger project or how you're going to combine the music that you make into something that's bigger. And I'm, I know a lot of artists usually want to make something bigger, ultimately, that you can give your fans or just a, a, a work of art that you consider, oh, this is beautiful. This is my album. I, I, I came up with an idea. I put it together. And... Uh, uh, this, this idea of albums has been, for me, has been inspired by me also listening to albums. So there's also albums I found while I was growing up, while I was, you know, getting interested in music that are collections of music that I've always, I've always gone back to. Uh, albums like, uh, you'll find things like by Florence and the Machine, uh, The Weeknd has nice albums, Drake has nice albums, all the artists we all appreciate, they all put out albums. And so as artists, I think that's uh, an important thing to think about. But the question is, how do you make an album? Why, why do you even start with the idea? And I realized it wasn't so obvious how to do it. So I wanted us to talk about it. Maybe if you have experience making an album, you can share your experience. I can also share mine. So Kev, what do you think about this idea? And, and what's your experience with albums so far? Um, say, yeah, I've also coming up, you know, growing up, uh, I've my a uh, few albums, you know, inspired by like I told you my favorite artist is Mark Miller, right? So Mark Miller's music be getting me lit. Especially his albums, like and then you know you have to come up with the idea of the um what's it called? Album art. So you can say it's kinda artistic, you know, it's mi- mixing picture art and music art. So it's beautiful. Yeah, and it's always nice to see like an artist has put together a, a body of music such that you're not just listening to one track. A lot, of, a lot of the times the songs that we hear on radio are usually picked out from specific albums so that you'll find that an album has one song which, which popped off, but you'll find that a lot of fans, if you're listening mostly through uh, you know, playlists or on the radio and things like that, you don't get to experience the full body of work that they put together. So you've mentioned something there, which is interesting, which is uh, usually when you start to make an album, you start with what inspired you. So like, well, like, who do you want to copy? Usually that's how it comes across. Like you listen to someone's album and then you're like, I wish I could make music like that. And then you're like, am I good enough to make music like that? What would it take for me to make music like that? Like if we hear a Mark Miller album and that inspires you a lot and you're like, man, I wish I could. Uh, I wish I could make an album like Mac Miller. I w- like if I if I if I'm able to do that, I will feel very creatively. Uh, what's the word? Fulfilled. If I if I was able to do that, and so usually start with an inspiration. So you've mentioned there Mac Miller, and uh, I'll also talk about some of my inspirations. Uh, I want to welcome Lewis. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. <laughs> Ian, glad to be here. And I'm so glad you joined us. I know you have experience making albums, so and that's what you're talking about. So I'm I'm so glad you've joined. All right. Um, ha- happy to share my knowledge or whatever I know. So, 
So the the thing we were just speaking about is when you're starting to make albums, you usually start with the inspiration. So for example, Kev has mentioned one of his favorite artists is Mark Miller. I'm usually inspired by, we can say Drake. I'm inspired by Nothing Was The Same, his album. I'm also inspired by Jaden Smith. I'm inspired by The Beatles. I'm inspired by Florence and the Machine. Like you listen to an album sometimes and then you're like, I wish I could make a song like that or I wish I could put together something uh, of that quality. And that's where the inspiration usually begins. So Laris, I know you, like, your music is also very inspired. Like, so I'm wondering, when it comes to the inspiration for making new music, where do you usually get that inspiration? All right. Um, I have a lot of mixed sources, and then they're not going to be very obvious, but I'll, I'll still mention them nonetheless. So, uh, for because I usually make like hip hop oriented um, beats and also guitar work, so the hip hop stuff is mostly you know um, I think I mentioned this before in the last uh, meeting I was in. I I, I really like uh, Dreamville and the thing that they're doing. So uh, Dreamville is basically uh, you know a collaboration of artists that was founded by uh, J Cole. And um, it just uh, helps to nurture upcoming artists, beat makers, so on. So uh, the Revenge of the Dreamers has been a really good series for me to, uh, you know, pick out small uh, notions from, build build up on them. And then uh, I also like the cultural side of music where you integrate like different um, instruments like uh, you know, you know Chinese instruments, Indian instruments, um, different cultures, and and I take a lot of inspiration from Japanese instruments. Yeah, so like the last album I made was uh, heavily influenced by uh, Viking and Japanese culture, and then the guitar side is mostly just because um, I listen to a lot of rock and metal. It's uh, a mixture of both. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, uh, there's, there's a wide variety of music that can inspire us. So as you mentioned, you can be, you can gravitate towards a certain kind of music. But then if you like, for example, Dreamville, you can also now figure out you don't want to necessarily copy Dreamville. You want to mix that with your own personality. Like you like what they're doing, but you feel like there's, I can also add something to that style. And that's where now your own uniqueness comes in. So as much as you're inspired with, uh, by these other artists and these other projects, you also have your own life experiences, your own talents, and your own, you know, your own voice that you want to put into your own music. And that's where uh, it comes to picking a vibe. So as much as you're inspired by specific artists, you need to now decide um, what kind of a vibe do I want to go with when it comes to this album? Do I want it to, to sound more pop? Uh, or like, do I want more people, do I want it to be listenable, basically? In terms of, am I trying to, to appeal to a lot of people? Or am I mostly trying to express myself in terms of, um, you know, artistically? Like I'm trying to showcase instruments, which I found out, which I think are niche, but I think need more exposure. So I'm going to start with Kev. Um, if you are going to make an album, what do you think is more important between, um, you know, being artistically expressive? Or do you feel like you've felt pressure to make something that appeals to a wider audience? I wanted to say, yeah, um. What's really important, I feel like I enjoy the music part of business. Like, not the music, I mean the business part of music, you know. Where it's like the marketing, because at the end of the day, as much as you create something which is which will attract, I guess the marketing is the most important part because, you know, that's why even when you're saying, uh, when, uh, when you're looking to make a new, let's say, album for, for sure, and then you want to get some inspiration, you know. Sometimes it's even aimed at getting a feature. It's like you're you're doing this kind of vibe so that you can get a feature, let's say, with uh, Octopus or maybe or Calligraph, whichever, you know. And then so I'd, for me, I'd say the most important is marketing. So like make something beautiful, but at the end of the day, the marketing, you have to be like very radar. 
Thanks. I see. Yeah, and that's totally valid. So maybe you're at a point in your career where you this music needs to grow your audience, and that's your goal for the album. Like you want to make something that's gonna get you more followers, that's gonna get other people to start paying attention to you, and that's actually very valid. So as much as there's also the artistic direction to take, there's it's also okay to want to make money and to want to reach a wide audience. Um, the the only uh, kind of issue that comes in when you're trying to reach a wider audience that I see a lot of people falling into is the imitation. Sometimes you can do it in such a way that you're not adding your own voice into what you're creating and you're trying to just copy things which are, which are currently popping. And that might be kind of a road where you struggle a lot. So Lewis, what do you think about this? Um, art versus going pop. Um, I, 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 I lean more towards art. Um, because yeah, of course, money is good. Um, if if you can make a career out of you know uh, making music, more power to you. Like by all means, but like I my inspirations are usually um, I'm trying to leave a legacy behind, and that's through my music. Whenever I'm not around, whenever that will be in the future, I want people to still listen to my music and and remember me. And and how I make my music is how they will remember aspects of me. Yeah, the artistic side just uh, you know takes it. Okay, um, I I I I currently where I am in my musical career, I'm trying to do both. I'm trying as hard as I can to make something that is listenable and and you know repeatable. But at the same time, I'm also trying to add art and add some uniqueness there. And it can be difficult, and you need to practice a lot to achieve something like that so <laughs> i guess we'll see where that part goes and now that we've talked about the vibe you've been inspired you've picked a vibe and you also have a goal for your project so maybe you want it to be artistic maybe you want it to be um you know uh, more, more more pop and more uh, widespread so now the the next question usually is how many songs do you want to be in this album how much work do you want to put into this album and uh, one thing that i see a lot of artists doing because i think of their setup and how they how they work with their producers and their process of making music. I see a lot of artists uh, making short EPs. I find um, artists releasing albums with or EPs with uh, even even this whole idea. But what's an EP? What's an album? What's an LP? What all all of that stuff. Um, so you end up releasing either an album with five songs or sometimes six songs. And uh, I'm wondering, uh, Lewis, how how do you usually decide how you're gonna make um, how you gonna? How many songs that are going to be in your next project? Or is it just you know random, or it just happens depending on um, on how things go? Um. So for me, it's usually a planned process, and um, I, I I usually um like before I even start thinking about what the album um you know context is is going to be. I like to set out like a, a like a whole plan of how much work I want to go into to, to that album, and then I set like a time um, frame between when I want to start and when I want to release. Mine is usually a cycle of like a year. So whenever if I release an album this December, I release another another album next December. But if I am working with tighter timelines, I can do like half a year, and then that becomes an EP because it's like less songs. So yeah, that's that's how I I, I decide. Uh, also, Kevin, do you have any opinions about album length? And uh, and uh, what do you think about that? I, I think you're from, muted. From what, yeah, yeah, I'm on. From what I, uh, there is like for an album, there's a, there's a standard for how many songs you should release. So, like, at the end of the day, like, put it as an album if you know you don't have maybe 16 songs to close to 19. Because at the end of the day, you don't know. you If you have a catalog of five songs, you may not know, like, how many are going to sell, you know. Because at the end of the day, I keep saying, like, it's about the business part. I really respect the business part of music because, you know, it's it's where, you know, there's really growth and... Uh, where people uh, invest, you know, there's really investing in music for real. So yeah, that's that's how I'm about. Like, it's just about a story. Like, then uh, from the albums that I really love, 
there's really a story being said like Kanye like I've listened to Kanye's high school uh, college dropout and uh, you know you, you really get the the message you know so yeah at the end of the day I guess it's all about the message uh, making a voice for the people the important stuff yeah and uh, traditionally in the music industry there have been these uh, divisions between what is an LP what is an album i believe an LP is a shorter version or or a limit <laughs> okay i did a whole podcast about this but i'm still confused about what these things mean so for my own workflow what i decided going forward as an artist everything i i make is going to be called an album i'm not going to differentiate between an LP EP and all of that stuff and i'm going to try and put as much effort into each album as much as possible so for example for my for my process i've decided each of my albums will have 10 songs so uh, for me it's it's decided beforehand and i also have a similar uh, uh flow to that of lewis which is that you try to make one every year because it gives you a lot of time to you know refine think about ideas and also you need to live life so that add new inspirations can come in as you're making an album um so I have decided to not think about EP or LP and also the other aspects which I want to bring up uh with with people releasing a lot of short albums is um I find that if a, if an artist is not completely in control of their production process then it also becomes more and more costly for for them to for them to have more songs in their album so maybe you want to create a a project that has more music but because of the cost of actually having to pay a producer of having to find beats of having to do all of this it limits the amount of of um, expression it limits how much you can express yourself and so you end up releasing shorter projects over time my recommendation is always that the internet has allowed us to create music without necessarily needing to pay someone else and if you're in a, if you're interested in making music it's possible for you to do it and to make as many songs as you can by yourself if you're willing to put in the work and also to learn those kinds of tools So the next uh, and that's what I want to talk about next which is and this is this this is this can be all over the place which is the process of making beats. So usually when I start with a with a new album you start by uh, the sound like what kind of beats do you want this uh, this uh, project to to have is it going to sound exciting do you want it to sound moody and vibey and uh, depressing or do you want it to be more chill um so uh Lewis uh when it comes to beats do you how do what's your process of making beats for an, for a new album do you try out different beats or do you usually just make them in a sequential process uh that's a, that's a very interesting question because i i usually use um uh, different uh, approaches to to you know come up with the theme because uh you know for me each song has a specific message and then um i don't like to limit myself to like one theme for the whole album so i like to have like each song have its own personality like if i'm going to start like for the first song i can start with an electronic tone because that's what the the message of the song warrants and and if i decide to go down that route i will go and look for you know tools that allow me to you know insert that electronic sound into my beats and the way i i usually go about that is um if i find a good you know sound in any anywhere even on television on youtube on even in the mat i just you know pull out my phone record it and then go and put it in um my looping software then you know try to play around with it change the um the feedback uh the uh, tone reverb all that stuff to make it sound the way i want to and then you know come up with a bpm so on and then like after that i just go back and listen to it in fact this is a very important step for me every time i make a song i usually give myself like a, a week i give myself space from that song for about a week so that i can forget about it completely and then after the week is done i go back and listen to it and what uh, and and then decide if i still want to go with that sound or change up some few bits because it gives you a new perspective on 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 the stuff that you had made before you know it eliminates the bias that you had when you were making that song you can listen to your song again and then think huh, that's not where i want it to be so yeah 
that's usually my process. Uh, you mentioned something where that's very important. I was even chuckling, which is that sometimes you're listening, you're making a beat, and and in the in the in the in the moment, you're like, this is the this is fire. This is the best thing I've ever made. <laughs> and then like a week later, you listen to it again, and you're like, what was I thinking, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, because you know at that time, the creation process usually gives you like a an eternal what's it called eternal mentality where you know you're going down that tunnel and and uh, the, all the thoughts are oriented in the same direction but if you give yourself time to you know forget about it maybe there's something that you might notice the next time you're listening to it that wasn't apparent during the first session okay um what about kev what has been your process so far of finding new beats or even creating new beats or uh, putting beats together uh, do you have a process for something like that? Um, I mostly make beats off the top, man. Like, whatever the vibe is during, like, when I'm making it. If I feel some hi-hats, if I'm feeling some, you know, I just I just play around and uh, make a banger. That's, that's it, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, so when it, and so you, when you're making album, sorry, when you're making this album, this these beats now, um, and the goal is for these beats to come together in form of an album. Um, sometimes it might be nice to make some extra beats, or sometimes you end up making beats and you realize that uh, this beat that I've made is good enough to go into the album, and that's usually also the process I go I, I go through. So you experiment with a new beat, you try to see how does this sound, um, is it interesting? And uh, after that, you decide whether or not. Did someone raise their hand? <laughs> okay. So yeah, after that, you decide whether is this good enough to go into the album, and how does it sound next to some of the other music? Is it coming together in a in a decent way? And the, and when it comes to the process of milk, making albums, we also spoke about this in previous podcasts. There are tons of tools that you can use. So everything from Fruity Loops. There's even websites that you can use to. Um, to generate your own beats if you don't want to download something. There is GarageBand. If you're, if, you're, if you're using iOS devices, it's a free software that is very, very good for making beats. It's actually what I use. There's also Logic Pro if you want to uh, you know, go high-end and use some of the industry standards. So there's different ways to make music. And also, Levis has mentioned something called sampling, where if you hear interesting sounds in the real world, you can take those sounds and even your voice, and then you can loop them and play around with them in an interesting way so that you can even add more character to your music. One thing I like doing, which I don't mind, is when I'm recording uh, my own uh, vocals for, for, for music, I like, uh, okay, I don't like it, but it happens, which is there's sometimes noise enters the, the, the recording. So maybe my fridge, or maybe there's kids playing outside, or maybe there's buds, um, there's buds singing outside the window. And sometimes some of that sound gets into my recording and I leave it in because I feel like it can add character. It can add some sort of, you know, organicness to the kind of music that you make. And that's the next aspect I wanted us to talk about, which is now um, now recording the vocals. So I know, Lewis, uh, you make instrumentals, but uh, you probably can give us advice if you have any experience with vocals or anything like that or or what made what what. what how did you decide to not make vocals or are you planning to make vocals in the future or what's the journey there with the, when it comes to vocals and your music? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, I, I generally do not um, add vocals to my beats and, and that's not because I, I don't want to, but I really feel like there's someone out there who can do a way better job than me. Cause you know, uh, I feel like vocals are the most important part of a song. I mean, they they usually give a song meaning. You can make a beat and give it a title, and that will be the theme. But if someone, you know, talks or sings or raps on top of a beat, the, you know, they're giving someone something to sing along to while they're listening to the song. And And for me, you know, the creative process of writing vocals can be, you know, a bit tedious sometimes if you're not in the right state of mind. So instead of, you know, uh, ending up 
ruining not ruining like not coming up with the thing that you had set out to do at first with your song you know that's the message that you wanted to relate through your vocals i'd rather just focus on the the instrumental beat you know make it as fire as as clean as possible so that you know if we're going to do a collab with someone in the future to you know do vocals for my songs and maybe even rap you know speech all that stuff i'd rather make sure that my beats are on point before we get to that Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I agree with you about this feeling of you've made a nice beat and then when you start singing on top of it, you feel like you are taking something away from the beat, like your maybe your voice doesn't sound as good. And this is something I also struggled with in the beginning when you're trying to sing and you're trying to learn how to, to do vocals, um, you're not very good at singing. So for example, you're, you don't have things like vibrato and, and you're, basically your voice doesn't sound very nice and also your ear for listening to notes. It doesn't sound nice. So when you're, when you're playing back the music, you know that it doesn't sound good, but you don't know why it doesn't sound good. And it comes with practice. When you sing and you make a lot of horrible songs <laughs> and you spoil a lot of beats, uh, that's when you start, you start hearing, oh, oh, Kumbe, at this point, my voice, I, I sang it off key or I sang it in a bad way. And, and a lot of these things, you don't need to know music theory. It just, can just be an intuitive thing where you you know it's not right and then you can try and do it again. And I've also been in the past very insecure about my singing or even my rapping. But recently I'm trying to psych myself up and be like, yo, you can sing, um, you've done it in the past, you can try again, you can always improve and, and uh, make better vocals. But I completely agree with you in that hearing yourself singing is a weird experience yeah, if you're not used to it. And it's something that takes time to get used to. Um, yeah, 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 totally agree. Um, yeah, because I've been listening to your progressions over the years, uh, over the years, and uh, I've noticed that you've gotten really good at, you know, adding the the vocal backtrack. Uh, that that's what you do, right? Ah, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, you've gotten really good at that because I remember the first time we worked together on the on the. On the guitar track, it, um, it, at that time, I wasn't too sure about the vocals, but you know your recent stuff has become really good, and and I I, I like the direction you're going with that. Yeah, and I agree with you. Like even the stuff I, I that were, that we made together, the vo the vocals that I put on top of it, the ideas were there. It's just that my my performance wasn't very good, and that's something I can hear even today. So it's just something that comes with time and perspective, right? And even for friends, it's hard for them to tell you that this doesn't sound nice, right? Yeah, they're trying to be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and also you've mentioned, okay, that, that brings me to an important point. Sometimes you don't, the, the artists who end up being successful or the, even creators who end up being successful are the creators who can figure out how to give themselves objective feedback because you realize that your friends are not going to tell you the truth. So the only way for you to proceed is for you to be brutally honest with yourself um, so that you can see yourself the way others are seeing you because they're not going to tell you the truth. So, so you just need to be focused on, on, on what you're doing and how you can improve. Um, yeah, Lewis. Yeah, completely agree. That's awesome. what, yeah. Um, so Kev, tell us about the process now. If you're now, if you have a beat and you're ready to, you know, lay down some vocals, you're ready to tell people, express yourself, what's usually the process there that you go, that you go through? Okay, so I, I haven't laid down beats for a while. Like, I'm, I could say I'm a newbie. I'm still getting to know FL Studio, you know, how to record. Because, like, let me be honest, I, I don't know how even to put vocals yet. Like, if you have the FL, and it was like we wanted to record, you know, I had this a process, so I don't really know much about that. But I've I've put down a couple of beats, you know. Sometimes it's like you're right. You feel like you can't sing on it, but you know you can always sell the beat. It's like it's all, it's also business. Yeah, and uh, Kev, you've mentioned. Okay, first of all, don't worry if uh, if 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 some of these tools are new to you. It you'll just get experience slowly. And the the basic idea is just put a voice on a beat. Like you just drag the the vocal on top of the beat, and you hear how it sounds. Does it sound good? Do I need to change anything? It's usually that simple. 
Um, when it comes to this process of writing, so Lewis, you mentioned earlier about the idea that um, the writing process is usually the most difficult process of, of creating an album because that's where you have to give the, the project meaning. Because as soon as you start saying stuff, people are going to listen to that part. And if it doesn't sound good, if you're not writing interesting things for people to say, um, then it's, that's, that's, it's very obvious to other people. So the reason why I, I chose this cycle, album cycle of one year is because it gives you a lot of time to write. And for, the, and for my next album, the one I'm working on right now, for the, uh, my last one was, was it's kind of, it's kind of instrumentals. I didn't do a lot of writing. I did a lot of freestyling on that one. But for my next one, I want to do a lot of deliberate writing, a lot of deliberate thinking about the messages that I want to put out there. And so I've gone through a long, long process. Even the process of coming up with the beats wasn't, didn't take that long compared to the process of writing. Because the process of writing is you need to think about the meaning, like what words are you going to say? How are you going to say them? What do they mean? And how do they come together? Like, are you saying cool things? Or are you saying things which sound cringe? Um, Kev? Um, uh, when it comes to the writing, is it something that you've done before? Like, have you ever tried like coming up with a new song or trying to write some rhymes or things like that? Yeah, I actually do have a lot of experience in writing because I guess I've been writing since high school. Like, besides lyrics, like generally poetry, you know, just uh, documents. Just uh, I'm, I've been a fan of writing since, you know, so. Yeah, I'm a, I could say I'm really good at that. I do try my best. Okay, then you can tell us uh, some more about your process. So do you usually have like a notepad somewhere on your phone or maybe a physical notepad where you come up with ideas? Or how does your process, or, or where do you get ideas for writing? How do you find rhymes um, and things like that? Um. Yeah, I'd have I'd have a notebook or I use my my notepad in the on the phone, and there yeah, I just go with the flow like put some bars down, you know, none none really special, just just that. <laughs> okay, okay, a minimalist process, I guess. Um, but yeah, the the writing part is the part which makes uh, all the difference. And sometimes when you hear, for example, a good Drake song, when he has, when he says something profound. Like you usually want music that where the person is saying things which are profound. Like if you hear um, Jaden Smith's music uh, from from some of the songs he's made, some of the things you hear in music they can take you time to process, and then when you actually realize this is what this artist was referring to, you appreciate the song even more. And so when it comes to writing, that's something I I am trying to aim for, uh, and that's something that takes time. A lot of times you also see uh, or hear stories in popular culture about artists entering the studio and freestyling the whole verse and then the verse blowing up <laughs> and, that, and then they're super successful. And then you feel like if I don't make my, um, my, my song in two minutes, then I'm not as good of an artist. But that's not true. There's a lot of artists who take their time. Like Frank Ocean, to make, um, to make a blonde, he probably took like eight months, I think, to, to, to do the writing part. Uh, itself. So um, writing is, uh, it's, 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 it's very cool, it's very important, and uh, it can add a lot of meaning to your album if you're interested in that aspect of, of, uh, of the music itself. So, so we've written our album, now, it, it, now it's a question of performing. So, <clears throat> so after you've written, now it comes to how do you perform this album or how do you perform what you've written in a way that when it is mixed with the music, it sounds believable, it sounds emotional, it sounds genuine. Because um, there's ways, there's certain ways that you need to say certain words or put emphasis on specific things so that they come across as you're saying them in a cool way or your voice sounds, you know, uh, cool. And I feel like that's, all, that's also another aspect to think about which is that even if even after you you know what you're going to say now you need to say it in the right way so that it matches with the with the album so if you're making hip hop and you want to sound you want to make it sound cool and you want to be aggressive then you need to say a certain line in a certain way like um okay <laughs> I don't want to sing any examples but I think you get what I'm saying like if you hear Drake if you hear Kanye West if you hear um a lot of artists you you can hear that the that the way they say certain words 
it it sounds cool and it sounds organic and it sounds like they're emphasizing the right parts of the of the words lewis do you know what i'm talking about yeah totally um i could give you an example of art gang because i really like how they sing and and perform they have this you know space like theme i don't know extraterrestrial um spacesuit whatever and then there's this guy who has dreads i i i'm not sure that you guys know art gang but like that two that's basically like a, a gang of two people and one of them is a rapper the other one is you know a singer he does the choruses and stuff and i really like how they deliver on how they you know uh perform because like they usually try to do vocal variations and then you know twist words to sound different you can go and google that word and it doesn't exist but if that person sings it there's a way that you'll be able to work out that this is what he was trying to say it but because of how the song you know changes from uh, one note to the next he has to change the way he pronounces the word so that it can rhyme with the other ones and and you know still sound like he's trying to relay the message the way he had it in his mind ah uh, so that's afghan right afghan yeah awesome i'll reach i'll check them out and uh, yeah. you, the something they've mentioned which is super important the other thing is when you're writing your 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 your, your songs and this is something i had to learn myself which is sometimes you're writing maybe the oh kevas left so maybe you're writing a song and um it sounds like you're writing the word spoon you're saying i went and took a spoon and in your writing it says the word spoon so when you're singing it you tend to say the word spoon but maybe for that beat at that point in that time it might sound better if you said span you know so it's also important to be flexible with how you're pronouncing your words and even when you're writing them down you don't necessarily need to write them down in in a in a in a literal way so you don't need to say orange you can say orange and that's what, that's how you write it you write your songs when you're writing them how you're going to pronounce them when you're actually performing them as well and that's a that can help you perform more naturally and it also um increases your flexibility when you're performing yeah that's true that's also how trends are born like you know how the cross used to say uh fell down the stairs and people turn that into a whole meme and whatever because you know that's how he said it in the song yeah yeah and uh yeah so that can also add a lot of character a lot of personality you can come up with new words so and it's an it's an it's an exciting part of the of the of the writing process where you can create new words you know add your own flavor basically and your own sound when it comes to that and uh now that you have performed your the things you wrote in a way that you know is cool to listen to it's organic it's coming out of your mouth in a in a nice way even when it comes to singing you can change around the syllables they don't have to be so literal um it's an art even even to match your own voice for example there there's there's words which don't easily come out of my mouth when i'm performing them so when i'm writing i try and avoid those words or i try and change them up in a way that my mouth can it can come out in an easier way so when i'm singing them it doesn't sound as awkward because i i i i i, I adapted how it um, how it comes out um So now uh we have our, our track our vocals how do you now mix and master how do you combine your vocals and the beats that you have in a way that can result in a song so you have a meaningful song you have these several beats or several different uh instrumentals that you want to push together um for my previous album uh blender what i did and that's partly why it's called i called it blender although blender the way I, i i i named it it had several meanings but one of them was that the style i was i discovered or that i ended up having for that album was that i ended up layering a lot of vocals so i did, and blending them together so i did a lot of uh, freestyling of different uh, like you freestyle on top of a on top of an instrumental and then that that's your that's your vocal layer and then you find that if you keep adding more and more vocals like you end up with nice harmonies that you had not planned out before so if something if you sang something in one way on the first time you try and sing it a different way the next time and then coincidentally they are going to match up 
um, and you're going the, the, the songs themselves are going to start mixing in a way that they sound nice and new things are going to start emerging. And I really like that style of, of making music. Um, and so when it comes to the mixing, you can uh, you, uh, you, you reduce some things completely so that they, they, they sound like they're, they're, in the, they're in the back or they, they're just you know subliminal. Like the, the user isn't, the person listening isn't really paying active attention to uh, some of the things you're listening to, but they do add a nice effect on top of the main vocal that you're adding. So what's your experience with mixing? I know you also have multiple different instruments. How do you usually decide between prominence? Uh, do you usually think about different effects and things like that? How do you usually layer uh, the different vocals that you have, the different instrumentals that you do? That you do? Um, so I, I have a couple of favorites, uh, plugins that I use, you know, to add sauce to my, you know, beats and, and guitar tracks. And those are my default go-tos. And I would, um, you know, uh, I would advise anyone who's starting out on making beats to just go out and create like a, like a small list of favorite plugins or, you know, styles, effects that they like in their songs. Because those are going to be like the things that spice up your 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 songs. They make them give more life to, to the instruments. So for me, I like to play around with uh, the width of, of, of uh, let's say, a stem. Uh, I make it as wide as possible so that it sounds like it's coming from like a huge you know, indoors gymnasium type of uh, room. Because um, when I'm recording, it's just in a small room, there's soundproofing and everything. So it tends to sound a bit tight. But when I increase the width, it sounds like it's coming from a stadium or something. And then I also like to play around with reverb because, you know, reverb usually makes your uh, instruments sound like they are you know, repeating each other, repeating other, on other, top of each other, other which other, gives other, like an extra layer of complexity. Even if you had like a, a basic, I don't know, chord progression, like five, seven, eight, if you add reverb to that, it will sound like that five, seven, eight is playing on top of each other like a few times, which sounds like you're playing that note many, many, many times, many, many, many more many, than many, you're actually many, playing many, it. Many, many, and, and, you know, that's, that's what makes it sound more interesting for me. And then as for this aspect of blending different instruments together, I usually have this process where I mute each instrument individually or rather uh, mute all the other instruments and leave that one, the one that I'm trying to master, leave it playing by itself so that I can be able to hear like the parts where there is distortion or, you know, clipping, because those are the kinds of things that you don't want when you're mastering your song. You try to reduce, you know, the gain or, or you know, the, what's it called, the, the loudness of that stem so that you can find a balance between being able to hear that part of the, the instrument and, um, you know, reducing how much distortion comes from, uh, that comes from that uh, instrument. Uh, another thing I also like adding is a slight echo. Like if you add a nice echo that repeats, it also gives another extra vibe on top of your reverb, on top of the plugins, right? Yeah, yeah, true, true. Echo is like a, a, a very good one because if you don't have much content in your song, like if you don't, you haven't added as many notes into uh, that song as you would like, echo will just fill in those gaps. It's like having the fills in, in in drums. Like you have your bass drum, the the kick drum with your 808 and all that. But percussions usually come in to fill on top of that with a small to you know clicks and uh, and uh, I don't know uh, what are they called symbols. They just come in to fill on top, and and that has the same effect that echo has when you know you're using a different instrument. Okay, um, what about volume? So something I uh, had to struggle with was sometimes I have made this, these, uh, all these different songs and uh, 
okay for some reason uh, if you especially if you if you use different softwares to make different songs which i don't recommend i recommend you use one software or one app to make uh, all the music but if you use different songs sometimes your music can be at different volumes and uh, it can be difficult to figure out how do you um, create a consistent experience for the person who's listening because i don't want the person listening to have to change the, the the volume if something is too loud or something is too quiet i want them to just listen to the album from start to finish without having to touch the volume is that something you've had experience with and how do you usually deal with that yeah yeah that was my biggest issue when i was starting out cuz um you know uh, some of my tracks were louder than the other ones so if someone is listening to let's say one of my earlier albums they would have to you know increase the volume for one track and then onto the next one it becomes too loud so they have to reduce the volume again so what i did is i took like a reference track from uh one of my favorite artists and and because you know they are really good at what they do i just downloaded their song and then inserted it into my mastering uh software and then the loudness that i was able to gauge from that song is the one that i used to set the master um uh, volume slider or dial in my software and then i've never touched it again since that day so every time now i you know make one of my tracks i usually just use that setting that i set all that 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 way back to you know master the new tracks wow i didn't know, i didn't even know about that so that's a new tip for me i'm going to try and also use reference tracks i love that one um and it totally makes sense you if you we also use reference in art we use reference in all these other things so it's important to have reference for your album so that you, you can find a song where you like the, the where the volume is and how consistent it is and then you use that to measure against your own songs right yep yep uh, that's that's technically the gist of it Ah, awesome. Um so the now now let's say that we have we have this song is mixed it has a nice echo it has it sounds good to us and the volume is nice. Now let's talk about putting together the 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 entire project. Let's say we have now a collection of of 7 8 9 10 12 songs. Um how do you usually decide when it comes to the order? For me um for me how I found myself I how I fi- I find myself uh, thinking about this is uh in the beginning you want to entice the user so you want to make the person who's listening like you want to give them something that's going to hook them that's going to actually drive them to listen to the whole thing because you don't want them to pick and choose which songs they're going to listen to ideally you want that when they hear the first song they're going to be led through up until the last song um it usually doesn't work out like that sometimes people get to still get to pick and choose whatever they want but i guess that's the ideal situation and so initially i when when the, when the album starts i try and put songs which are more exciting or which the ones which are more you know they give you more energy and then i hope that that, that can calm you down so i usually try and measure the feeling or the excitement of the different songs as the album proceeds so that you when you start you see oh it's more exciting this one is more exciting than that the previous one and it goes up and it goes up it reaches the maximum excitement and then it tapers down and goes up at, up until the end and you have the last track and the album is finished and you feel like has this whole experience been consistent um do i feel good about this as compared to if you had a slow song in the beginning users usually tend to skip the the intros and the and the stuff in the beginning So you need something there that's interesting. I tried adding intros but you if you look at the analytics, users usually just skip the fast track <laughs> if it's a if it's something very artistic. So um yeah yeah, so if you if you have something exciting and then you put something dull or something which has a completely different vibe next to it, then it might create some weird tension to the person who's listening because it changes their mood in a drastic way that might be uncomfortable for them, which might lead them to you know pausing your album or going to find a, a different music so it's so to me i think it's important to be gentle so that the songs at least emotionally they can they have kind of a a, a gradient so that it's a smooth process of listening through the whole thing so you what have you uh, what about you and what's your process for album sequencing coming up with you know this layout of how you're going to arrange your music right um for me i i usually have 
like uh whenever i'm coming up with a song uh, i mean an album i usually have like some uh, filler tracks i usually plan out the intro track before i you know plan out the rest because i want to set the mood for the whole album so um i'm going to give a reference of my last album the binary garden one so the first track was technically because the the theme of the uh, album is cultural i was trying to set the theme or the mood of you know the rest of the tracks so since the theme was like it's electronic and and um, it relates to the binary part of you know the album theme i tried to set the first track to be electronic electronic and you know have the electronic uh, aspects of instruments you know shine out in the first track that's just make sure that make sure that you're setting the correct mood for this person when they're going in and then my first after that the second track is usually a banger like one of my favorite ones not the best because i save that for last but one of my favorite ones just to make sure this person get ex- gets excited about the rest of the songs you know the impression that you make when you're starting out the album is what is going to keep that person hooked so my second song is usually one of the, my, my favorites like because obviously you're going to have favorites it's usually one of my best tracks to just to set uh some uh expectation for the rest of the tracks and then that one just tapers down slowly until you reach the middle which is now the interlude i usually like to have an interlude to just give someone a bit of a break for you know uh being able to you know slow down because you know you're giving them bangers banger after banger so you want them to you know slow down just chill and then you know reminisce over the past few tracks that you've given them and that's what the interlude does it's it's not really a beat type of song it's more like you know um chord progressions or piano notes or even just strings you know playing in a random order just mellow easy just gives you a chill mood and then after that now you start building up towards the end so the tracks keep on getting better and better and there's a way i usually try to grade that it's based on my taste not sure whether it will apply for everyone out there but from the interlude i usually rank the rest of the songs by order of which one do i like the most so i start out with you know one that i like and then i like more i like that one even more than the last one all the way until the last track which now is usually my favorite i usually set that one out for the last track uh you said that oh, so cool. let me welcome young hey young thanks a lot for joining us i appreciate it i don't know whether you can hear us um but welcome young Um so you've mentioned something there a couple of things which is the fast track is usually the one that sets the pace I also do that which is that you're kind of telling the user or the person listening if you like this fast track then you're going to like a lot of the other songs if you don't like this fast track then it's likely that you're not going to like the album and then uh you try and uh, uh when it comes to the last song ideally you like all ideally in a, in a perfect situation you've made music and you like all of them but usually also try and and uh and uh and arrange them according to how you feel so it's interesting that you put your one of your favorite songs in the last because you're also telling the user that um I'm saving the best for last as well so I'm putting something that you're going to like at the end as well and it's not just I'm I'm not giving you I'm not throwing away something that's going to be a, a last I'm not putting it at the end because it's bad right yeah yeah that's true but there's also another reason why I do that so if your last track is like really good and someone really likes it there is a chance that they're going to loop that album again they're going to re-listen to it because they're thinking ah this has set a really good tone for me let me just try and listen to it again so that you know i can have the same good good feeling uh once more and and that's how you get views or or streams Yeah, yeah yeah I completely agree <laughs> you you also want them to 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 do the whole thing again they're like hmm I've just finished that that was awesome uh, let's try this again Yeah exactly um, 
Yeah, so so now we have sequenced our album. We've decided this is, and that's the thing. Sequencing is deciding how, what kind of experience are we do we want to give to the person who's listening? Like emotionally, we want to make it such that it's a smooth experience, that it's it's uh, it's consistent. It makes sense to them. Um, now the the last couple of things you need to do. Number one is selecting album art. And this is part is also very exciting because it's uh, it's creative. You're thinking, what kind of image do I want to give this album? This is the image that's gonna appear in your marketing. It's the image that the album is gonna be known for. If the album is gonna be iconic, when people think about the album, they're gonna think about that um, that picture. When you think about albums like Nothing Was the Same, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, uh, Watch the Throne. Uh, if you think about basically your favorite albums, you're thinking about the, even Donda, which is just a black square. You're going to think about the album visually when it comes to, uh, through the art that the artist has selected. Um, so for my process, um, for, for, for example, for my last album, the, the, the image which I had, I usually have a thing where I take pictures every single day. Uh, it's just a habit I have because I feel like if you have a smartphone, and it, it's an awesome camera. And then even 30 years ago, people didn't have a camera as good as the one that we have in our pocket. Why not take a picture every day? So that's something I've been doing for quite some time now. And uh, I usually, so I have a, a huge library of photos I can choose from. The one I chose was one which I took. Uh, I was in an emotional state. It was a special situation. And I have emotional, it has emotional significance to me. And I also went with a minimal vibe, which is that I picked a font called uh, Futura, which is one of my favorite fonts. It's very legible, it's very clean. And I just uh, simply wrote the word Blender, which is the name of the album. I know that when we last spoke, you told me about the process for coming up with the album art for uh, Binary Garden. And I know that yours was very inspired by Norse mythology. It has this tree and it has, um, you know, like a, kind of a mirror, kind of, a, kind of a, a philosophy when it comes to what you, what you thought about it. So do you want to tell us more about your process for selecting album art? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I like how you re recalled uh, the, 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 the process because I, I thought I was rambling at that point. But yeah, um, when I was doing that, because for me, album art is like, it's like the face of the album. It's, it's your best foot forward. That's what people see when they're scrolling through the Spotify um, feed. If they see like a good uh, album art, they might decide to give it a try if you're not that popular. And, you know, uh, the thing that uh, I think Kanye West is able to get away with by just using a black uh, square as an album art is because he's really popular and, you know, uh, popular people, they, they don't need marketing, they don't need uh, a wide audience to be able to, you know, get a lot of views. But since um, we are starting out small and, and we want, you know, people to uh, start, listen to, start listening to our music, um, I think it's really good to have an eye-catching uh, design for your album art. And that's what I was going to when I came up with the the album art for binary garden because my inspiration was mostly um how do i give people the the notion of cultural you know uh, interaction uh, cultural blending where things from different cultures can come together to come and, and make like a perfect um mixture of feelings emotions and and you know give people different messages so the things that came to mind were, you know, a tree and um, a circle, you know, just basic shapes that people can relate to, but give them ref the reference of, you know, what you're trying to say. So uh, the theme of the album, like, is mostly heading towards the Japanese culture, where they have this thing, uh, this status symbol called uh, a bonsai. A bonsai tree, you know, signifies life because it's one of the trees that live the longest on earth. So it represents life. And, and that's the one, that's the one symbol that I wanted people to take away from my art. So it's at the center of my image of my album art. And then around it, there is like a two-tone theme where you have white and gray. That represents like uh polarity. You uh the white represents 
all things good, positive, that the gray represents all things, you know, negative, but they all come together in a perfect balance. So, sort of like the yin, the yin yang symbol. Is it yin yang or yin yang? I, I don't know how, how that is uh, pronounced. But yeah. And then now the circle around it encloses all of that into like one um complete aspect. Like it gives it completeness. So yeah, that was my process. Yeah, and I actually don't mind it when you when you ramble on about the album art because I don't think a lot of people get the chance to talk about what that art means to them and, you know, some of these deeper things that we think about when we're making our tracks that no one really thinks about, right? Yep, yep. Um, the, and sometimes you need to explain to people what your thought process was because it's not going to be apparent at first. You're going to need to tell them what you are heading, which direction you are heading to when you are making that. Oh, they're just going to think, oh, it looks pretty, it looks nice, it's eye-catching, but they don't really know the full story. Yes, and also when you explain it like that, the even for the meaning for me changes because now I have more context. Like when when I start let when when you when you watch a documentary about an artist, like if you if you if right now, let's say you've never heard about the Beatles or you've heard about the Beatles in pop culture, and you haven't really gone deep into listening into their music, um, if you just jump right into their music. Uh, maybe you're going to like it, maybe you're not going to like it, but if you watch a documentary about the Beatles first and then you now come and listen to their music, it's a completely different experience. Yep, yep. Uh, same thing happened for the Kanye West, um, what's it called, Genius uh, documentary. You learned a lot of stuff from that. Yeah, so learning more about artists and the processes, it changes how you experience the music because now you have more context to, to appreciate even uh, what they made. And uh, yeah, after after you've decided on your album art, um, you've painted, you feel like it represents your music in a decent way and you can use it for marketing. The final uh, step is usually now setting up your release plan. Uh, now you can start doing the hype. You can start trying to get people to listen, to try to pay attention. You're like, look at this thing I made. It's so beautiful, please <laughs> pay attention. Um, and that's usually now uh, one of the hardest parts because you need to build a fan base. You need to, you know, that's where things like labels come in, trying to do things like social media and all of that stuff, uh, which we've talked about in the past. Um, do you have anything to add when it comes to that part, the releasing and the marketing? No, no, not really. Um, I think labels are currently the fastest way to get popular, to get streams. But if you want to go down into the grind yourself and, you know, market yourself, um, I would say it's a very expensive process getting uh, all these big platforms to distribute your music, um, like Spotify. You can pay for ads, you can uh, uh, pay for banners, you can pay for billboards. On YouTube, you can pay for sponsored ads, all that. You can even pay influencers to recommend your albums. But, you know, for all that, you need money. You um, So, you know, there's different ways of doing it. But uh, for me, like, I, I'm not very good at any of uh, the marketing side of the music. I try to stick more towards the creative side. And I don't, uh, I mean, that's that's why I feel I'm not very good uh, um, to, to, you know, talk about that. <laughs> Uh, okay, like I completely agree with you. I also don't feel like I'm very good at the marketing side, but I'm trying to get better. I'm trying, like I feel like um, ultimately having your music reach a wider audience is a combination of, first of all, making good music that you're passionate about, as we've been discussing, and then um, exposing that music to people. So uh, the, when it comes to people, it's either the, the number of people who listen to your music, you want a lot of people to listen, and you've said that's going to be expensive. And uh, also, it's who who is listening. So apart from the 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 number of people, we also need important people to listen. And then there's a there's an angle of luck involved. There's an angle of if you're if you're part of this music industry machine or not. But the the whole idea is to not be depressed or not be discouraged if people don't discover your music. And the and you should be making music also from a point of of um of what of just artistic artistic expression because that's what's going to keep you making music for the long term because people who make if you make something for longer you're also more likely to succeed 
than if you give up halfway uh, because you're discouraged that uh, you didn't succeed. And also the other aspect with music is the big artists are always flexing their numbers, uh, which, okay, because they, they actually have huge audiences, but at the same time, you'd find that a lot of them also feel pressure to fake their numbers. A lot of them buy streams, a lot of them do a lot of weird shady things behind the behind the curtain because they also feel pressure to do more marketing. Like if, my, if the album came out this week and it's not number one, it's number two, they also go through the same feeling that you go through when you release your music and you feel like not enough people have been listening or paying attention. So it's a thing that happens all across to everyone, big artists and small artists. Um, I, there's no silver bullet to cut when, when it comes to blowing up. Also, I, I talked about the, 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 the process of blowing up on TikTok. TikTok has become a way for people to really, um, it's really changing the music industry and how it works. So you also have a chance of blowing up on TikTok if you'd like. A lot of artists try to use Instagram as the way that they're going to try and uh, share their music. But you can also try TikTok and any other uh, platform that comes out just to share your art uh, and see how, how it's going to go. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I've recently been uh, looking into the whole shorts thing. Yeah, that, that's like my new strategy now for marketing. So, yeah, I'll, I'll try that. Okay. And uh, I feel like now we've discussed the whole process of creating an album. Um, in, a, in a general sense, if you have, uh, have been interested in making an album, we've talked about coming up with inspiration and ideas and who has inspired you, uh, other albums, other artists, what, who do you want to copy? And then how do you turn that into your own thing? So what kind of a vibe do you want to add? Do you want to add your own kind of style? Do you want to add your own influences? And then how many songs do you want in this album? Is it going to be 10 songs, 15 songs, 12 songs? How, how much work do you want to put in? Um, after that, how many beats do you want to make? So if you want to make an album with 10 songs, if you, if you make 10 beats, usually, uh, if you make 12 beats, you can usually remove a couple of them because you're filtering the quality now. And uh, yeah, you make your beats, then you're supposed to write music for that beat. So you sit down and you write and you say profound things which are meaningful that can, if you're trying to educate someone through your music, if you're trying to talk about love, uh, you make sure you write them down beforehand so that it can make sense and you've taken your time to think about what you're saying. And then now you perform what you've said. So you can, you have to say it in a nice way. So you don't just say it, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I ate a ball and then you just say, I ate a ball. Um, you can say it in a, I ate a bowl. If, if you can change things up, even the way you write things, you can write them in a way that is stylized. It doesn't have to be so literal. Then you mix and master. You add dif these different effects, reverb, echo. You add different plugins that can add, you know, organic sounds and interesting mixes, electronic stuff to your to your music. And then after you have your your songs, you decide how you're gonna sequence them. So this person who's listening, what kind of experience are they going to have? Is the volume okay? Is the emotional gradient okay? Are they going to be excited? You know, sometimes you want an interlude in the middle so that they can take a break. Um, do you want them to loop the song afterwards? And then finally, you decide on your album art. So what kind of a visual am I going to attach to this project uh, before I release it into the world and uh, start working on the next one, presumably? So that was our discussion about making an album. Um, Lewis, do you have any parting shots, any last comments? Uh, no, not really. Um, maybe just a shameless plug. Um, new EP coming out at the end of the year, so be on the lookout for that. I'm very excited. I'm looking forward to what you're going to release. <laughs> Actually. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs>